I pause and take a long sip from my coffee cup, taking a moment to collect my thoughts. For all that Idaho wasn't that long ago, the memories are a little blurred and frantic. The G-man tense his fingers in front of his face. So, the handler that activated you claimed the green box was compromised? And it was during the extreme cold weather event? Come on, Redacted. Why would the California-based RSL be sent to Idaho in a deep freeze? His sharp tone is at odds with his normal demeanor. Oh, excellent. I've touched a nerve somewhere behind that pleasantly bland mask. The weather was god-awful for us, it's true. But we were the closest cell to the compromised green box. And being sent into extreme cold is really no different than being sent into extreme heat, like we were with Shrimp Farm. This was then called what, frozen french fry? What was in the green box that was so damn precious? And why in the hells was Rooster placed in charge? I chuckle a little at that, thoroughly enjoying his put-out tone. We didn't have a name for this operation. We tended to just call it Idaho. As for what was in the box, well, we'll get there, never you fear. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last left our agents of our cell, they had made the trek from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho to Bonner's Ferry. Bonner's Ferry is experiencing a polar vortex and experiencing record low temperatures and ice storms and winds that are near hurricane speeds. Oh yeah, and a Delta Green Green Box has been breached and they need to check on it. That's why they're in town. So last week, they settled into Skip Mills's office. The door opens up with a bit of a creak from the metal of the pre-manufactured trailer. And inside, you see that it is adorned in 1970s-style wood grain interior. There's a few fold-out tables. There's a desk and a computer. There is a lazy boy here. There is also two cots that are folded up, and beyond a curtain, you can see that there is a queen-size or a large double-sized bed. It's warm in here. It's about 60 degrees. There is a Mr. Heater here as well, and there is electricity in this room. There's also a refrigerator as well and a good amount of space in this place. There is a cork board with a few pictures that are up. You don't feel any breeze. The PC, the computer, is logged in. And you see the the window screen with all of the little icons there. Ms. Cambria uh, invites you in, says, all right, this is your spot. We got three places for you guys to bunk. Uh, Hopefully it works out for you. If you need anything, give me a call. Skip had a thing for tea, so there's some tea over there. And there's a uh, one of those fancy uh, hot water things, hot water pots or whatever they're called. And uh, where did Mr. Mills go? Uh, He's been out sick. And suddenly, all the agents of RSL just have a flashback to Helena, Montana. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope he feels better soon. Yeah, I hope, hope so, too. If he does need to come in, you know, you got... Sadly, you guys will have to share it, but... Um, yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't think he'll be in for a bit. Why not? Humans. Go for it. First roll first, of the arc. First roll. So I can Go fail. ahead, everybody can roll their Umint. All right. 
Nope. I don't even need to look. Bot three. Nice. 32. 26, which is a fail for me. 82. River, you see the... You're not paying attention to her at the moment because you're looking at a foamed over window that has a piece of plywood closing up the broken window. Foam is the self-expanding like insulation foam. She's very uncomfortable about talking about Mills. Is it the kind of uncomfortable where... I mean, obviously she knows more than what she's saying, but is this more personal for her? It might be. It looks as though that she's not... She's holding something back. You can't tell if that emotion is anger or concern or a combination. Were you in Mr. Mills close? Uh, I've, I've known him for a couple years. I mean, quite a, quite a bit. I mean, he's been here for a long time. But, you know, when something like this goes down, I know you're sick. And he was sick when I dropped off the mail and some food. And he looked sick. But you can't miss work. I mean, we're a small, we're, we're a small crew here. Now someone else has to cover his slack while he's home. That just makes all of this so much harder. Sure, and especially with this kind of emergency going on, you need all hands on deck. I mean, he he looked like shit. He looked like dog shit warmed over and stepped on uh, with a bunny boot. Does he live far from here? Uh, he's a, he's a couple miles south of here. I'm gonna glance over at Rory, our resident doctor, and kind of raise an eyebrow a little. You know, maybe it's for the best, because he's not, he wasn't doing okay, so. Well, and, you know, he could get everyone else sick, and then you'd have a, even more of a crisis on your hands. Yeah, no kidding. Ugh. I take that back. No, he's only about a mile away. So way out of reach in this situation. Yeah, it's not like we can go knock on his door right now. It'd be a trip. It would be a trip. All right. Well, thank you for getting us settled in here. We'll get ourselves arranged and start figuring out which direction to strike out in. Sounds good. If you guys need anything, let me know. We have Alessandro comes in and, and drops off a, a tray of food every week or every day for us. So I think today is lasagna. Alessandro, that's quite the name. Uh, yeah, he owns the Italian restaurant out by the river. He's doing good work by making sure that uh, we're uh, everybody's getting fed. Oh, that's really kind of him. Yeah, the community is really pulling together. It's it's really nice. I mean, in a in a place like this with this kind of emergency. That's what you have to do, right? Yep. Even though you hate some of your neighbors, they're still your neighbors, and we got to take care of each other. Absolutely true. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll we'll let you know if we need anything. Well, I'm going to head back to my office and go listen to people yell about not having electricity yet and having the other utilities off because people don't realize there is a goddamn disaster going on. Me, 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 me. But you guys do you, and uh, have a good time. Cheers. And she closes the door behind her and trucks off. When she closes the door, I'm going to look at the others and go, so is she and Mills fucking, or is she just pissed because he bailed? I think the latter seemed like she was just upset they have more work, but I am, doesn't sound like he's okay. If he's still, if he was sick and he hasn't checked in, that could mean anything. Well, and what does him being sick mean with that? And I pointed at the broken window. So what you're saying is I need to find a car wash for barrels. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. And I'll go up to the window and I want to uh, look for clues. I mean, I guess specifically I'm trying to figure out how it was broken. Was it broken big enough to take a body through? So it's a big enough window that it could. From the inside, you can't really tell. You know what? Since you're Mr. Sherlock Holmes in forensics, give me a forensics roll. I'll do that. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. While he's doing that, I want to get onto the PC that's on and start poking through Mr. Mills's files. 44. 
A 44? <laughs> there we go. Fucking Sherlock Holmes going on here. Maybe I need to stop calling him Doc. Roughly three nights ago, actually it was three nights ago, around dusk. You can tell it was around dusk because the window is a westernly facing window and the shades are pulled down just about where to block out the sun at the time. The glass is shattered inward and uh, it looks like it had been cleaned, but you do still see that there are some remnants and there's also some remnants of a tree branch that have been pushed aside. Um, looking outside, there is a tall pine tree that seems to have had a branch fall off and hit the building itself and break through the glass. The branch itself has been pushed up against the outside of the trailer itself. There is a thin crust of ice over all of the trees in this area. You don't foresee any of the other ones falling at this moment in time, and the tree itself looks fairly stable. But if it does fall with a, with a good wind, it would wipe out this trailer, but it doesn't seem like it's in, uh, in jeopardy at the moment. And so as far as I can tell, it was just the natural branch falling. Sorry, it's not sexy about him getting drugged out of the building. But they did patch it up with plywood and plastic on the outside and then sprayed filling foam on the inside. Uh, one thing I haven't asked about yet is you, you've said it's it's very cold and it's windy. Is there a lot of snow? There is snow on the ground. Most of it is turned to ice. Lately, the only precipitation that they've been receiving and it happens throughout the day at different times is sleet and frozen rain. It's too cold for it to snow and it hasn't hit that special snow on the opposite end where it gets to be a nice fluffy snow. All right, so Rowan, the computer is still turned on. You see that there is a program that monitors the power grid, but it is password protected. Okay. There's a smell here that smells a faintly like buttermilk and ammonia. I like lean a little bit and like try to figure out if I can figure out the source of the smell. I'm sure it looks weird as hell, Rowan like tilting her head around and send taking occasional sniffs. Do the rest of us smell this? No, only those that are sitting at the desk. It's coming from underneath. Glasses, you okay over there? Something smells weird over here. I'm gonna pull the computer chair out and crouch down to see if I can spot where the smell might be coming from. You don't see anything like out of the ordinary. Nothing's on the ground. I mean, there's, there's a, a bunch of tissues on the ground. Do they look like someone has been snotting in them or other bodily fluids? Let's go with yes. Okay. I'm like, oh, it's like a teenage boy's bedroom in here. Huh? Lots of used tissues. Oh, so you think those are sad tissues or happy tissues? Could be either, could be both. I'm not checking. Do I smell the thing now? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't smell like any hand lotion I've ever smelled. You know, I seem to remember the last time we had a strange smell and a sick person. Mm-hmm. Need I go farther? Nope. I still dream about that place. All right, I want to get down there and uh, take a look at this. Yeah. I'll Dan. scoot out of the way to give him room. Dan's just like, no, leave it. Are you regretting your choice? Or he knows what's going to happen. <laughs> you can't give us something like butter, buttermilk and ammonia and not expect us to investigate. I mean, really. I'm not saying a thing. I have a bad feeling about this, and I have a very specific bad feeling about this. Does this smell remind me of anything? Other than buttermilk and ammonia? If someone happened to be particularly ill, it does have a, uh, a smell of male ejaculate. I, I don't think he and Tanya were that close. 
Oh, it is like a teenage boy's bedroom. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Like a teenage boy's bedroom whose mom doesn't check in anytime. Yes, well, I'm going to look around and see if there's any, like, gloves or something to use to scoop the damn things into a trash bin. There are nitro gloves available. Cool. I'll pull one on and just, like, point. Wait, 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 wait. Point. Are they clean what? and new ones? Yes, they are clean and new ones. They're fresh out of the box. Okay, just saying. By the way, dibs on the cot, not the bed. I call dibs. Okay, I mean, there's two cots. Which one do you want? I don't care, just not the bed. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but am I own. I don't speak Idahoan, whatever that was. R- Russian. Sorry, I understand. <laughs> sure, that too. All right, so with that discovery made... I want to go in round and search for interesting papers. Besides the tissues? No, no, the kind with writing on them. I do also want to, like, look around the computer and see if he's the sort of person who left the password on a post-it note somewhere. Okay. Even though you're not supposed to do that. I would like a search roll. Sure, now that we've gotten the worst result of the search roll out of the way. <laughs> uh, 75 fail. Hey, put a check mark in that. While everyone is searching, I want to just get baseline vitals on everyone, just in case shit happens later on. Like, or if you get exposed to something, I want to just do, like, baseline, like, blood pressure, heart rate for everyone. I'll just, like, one at a time get everyone, and, like, get, like, a brief, just in case anything happens later, I can check and see if anything's changed. So that will be just while everyone else is searching. Okay. It's so good to have a doctor again. You know, the doctor-doctor type. Not the not-doctor type, like Quinn and River. I'm not a doctor. Hey, psychologists are doctors, too, sometimes. You have a master's degree, don't you, Rivers? Yes. Exactly. You're a doctor. Close enough. That's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. So, Rowan did not find anything with her search attempt. River, what did you get on your search? Eight. Okay. Was anybody else rolling search as well? I'll search. I'll look around so I can okay. make a check mark. I make a check mark. What did you get? 73 of 43. Yes. River, you do find a index card on the bottom of the bottom desk drawer. You're a bit worried going opening it up, maybe a bit hesitant for what to find in there, but you do see that it, it's at the bottom and it's it has P A dollar sign dollar sign V V zero R D exclamation point. I hand it to uh Rowan and what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, he still uses lead speak. Also on the back of the calendar, that's the desktop calendar. All written together, it's Eclasticis 28. Ecclesiastes? Like the Bible yes. book? What was it again? Ecclesiastes 28. He that revengeth, the King James Version, he that revengeth shall find vengeance from the Lord, and he will surely keep his sins in remembrance. Forgive thy neighbor the hurt that he hath done unto thee, so shall thy sins also be forgiven. Um. When thou prayest. Yeah, I'm just scanning now. So it's all about forgiveness and conflict. Okay. Good job, Sherlock Holmes. So we have a horny utility working with a guilty conscience, right? I mean, speaking as someone who was raised quite religious, um, being horny frequently comes with a guilty conscience. Being as someone who did not grow up religious, being horny is a fact of life. Yeah, well, when you're religiously raised, that's a little harder to remember. I'm going to sit down at the computer and put in the password that River so kindly found for me. His email pops up. You see that there is a flood of requests for reports from him. 
There's a memo with a list of addresses where lines are down that he sent. Um, he did send out a memo that he recalled, but somebody else replied to it anyway. The address is on Adams Street. Wasn't the... Green box. Yeah. Does it look like it's the address for, for Earl's storage place? It is. Okay. Now, when you pull up the map program, you see that he has a ton of tabs open to various porn sites. Okay. And I'll just, like, look at them and be like, oh, that's not the worst thing I've seen on someone's computer. I will quickly, like, look through the, through the tabs. Like, you can scan your mouse over the tab, and it'll tell you what, what, the, what the tab is without having to open it. Is there a, without you having to go into description, is there a, a general, like, theme that he was looking for? Please don't be fish. Please don't be fish. There's one that encounters a fish, but that's only one. But they get increasingly more and more violent and rough in a consensual manner. Harder and harder bondage, harder into BDSM, those type of things, things that start to skirt the extremes. Working on a hunch, I'm going to go to his search history and see if I can see when, see if I can see whether or not this is a regular occurrence of him looking at porn sites on a work computer, or if this is something that started recently. Well, it seems like he lived here almost because he's got a queen bed and a couple of cots. But he has a house Three days ago. When you say three days ago, do you mean the second? Because I think it's the sixth by now. Yes. So on the third. Correct. Got it. So this was right after the green box was breached. And he was a friendly. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Because, and I'll roll the chair back a little bit and point out the search history and be like, this wasn't normal for him. He only recently started looking at porn on a work computer. So this wasn't just an issue of somebody badly needing to get laid. You think this is something got out and made him horny? Yeah. Actually, that's my best guess. Hey, when did the polar vortex start? Uh, started on the 1st, 1st of December. That's when it really hit. So it didn't make the weather horny. Get out. <laughs> like, that's the worst thing I've said tonight. Hmm. You're not wrong. I'm not even going to give you the honor of of you're not wrong. Just You, you just get a uh, sound. But yeah, I'll sit back and like put my hands under my chin, like... So there was probably, all right, I have two thoughts. Either something in the green box was set loose or something that was involved in this opened the green box to get something. It was either something breaking out or something that broke in and got more powerful. Don't have enough information. Or he used something in the green box that changed him. Maybe. Wait, do they have love potions or something? You think he was... I don't know, was he try, Was he trying to get... I don't know. There's some weird stuff in our in our boxes in there. You should know. Oh, not anymore. I burned those fucking magazines after Shrimp Farm. Good. Well done. Apparently, I don't know, the, apparently this uh, book thing that I had uh, by a... What was that? A doctor or something. It was a printed out copy of a book. That went missing too. I don't know, I saw it the first time we got in the green box and haven't been able to find it since I did inventory. What, you mean the physics book? No, that's there. The, um, so it was like the dot matrix old school printed something. Like, uh, beyond space and time, or 
beyond the science, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that that's a physics book. I've got that. Wait, you've got that? Of course. Jesus Christ, you could have told me. I'm the one who's been doing inventory for the last year and a half trying to find the fucking thing. You didn't ask. I didn't think anyone would take potentially dangerous shit out of there. Is this a good time to point out that I have the notes from the green box? Which notes? From the previous Arcel member, Roman. Oh, the ones from uh, the, 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 the resurrection thing he was trying? Yeah, I snagged those just to... I was curious, so if you're looking for those, they're not missing. What? Wait! You saw what happened when the guy used those I've, things! We had just, to burn it! I'm not saying I did anything, I just have... I was looking, perusing them. Oh no, wait, I forgot. You didn't see what happened because you walked away while we burned it. We saw it. Okay, it is entirely too early in this mission to start having to fight over things. Oh my god, I hate the cold. This, uh... I had a really good couple of weeks planned, and now I'm here in the cold. I'm not happy. Let's get this horn dog case over with so we can go home. Please? Alright, well, it sounds like the situation is going to take us out to the green box. So I think we get those ATVs and we get out in that direction as quickly as we can. The sooner we wrap this shit up, the sooner we can get you out of the cold. Mm-hmm. Good. Your phone buzzes from a text message, Rooster. I look at it. The rest of them kind of see Rooster get very evasive and kind of turn and kind of so they can't see his phone, type something real quick, and then puts it away. Everything okay, Rooster? Yeah, everything's fine. Roll me a luck. Fuck. 40. Okay. I'm not telling you why. I'm wondering if I should human that. I don't need to. I know something's... I know that he's not telling us everything, but also, I mean, does it have to do with the mission? If not, it's not my business. Once I've glanced over at Rooster and been like, everything good? Yeah, everything's great. Well, no, everything sucks. We're here in the cold. Let's, Let's go. Let's get this over with. Yeah, let's right. let's get moving. Yes, let's get bundled up again and head out, grab those ATVs, and go see what there is to be seen at the green box. How's has the sun risen yet, or are we too far north for it to have really risen yet? The sun has just crested over the eastern mountains. It's still kind of dark because you are in a mountain valley, but it's just reached over the top and the shadow it casts a pretty long shadow, but daylight ish. Ish kind of watery daylight. All right, so I'll bundle back up and lead the way out after dropping my bag in there. I don't really care where I end up sleeping. I just drop bag, walk. As you head outside, you see a police officer bundled up in one of those really nice police officer bombers. And it's a Ushanka style you know, fur hat that's got the badge on the front and the earmuffs and it's all made of beaver skin and uh, a smaller fellow. He's walking up and you see he's got a, a sheriff's badge on. Step outside, close the door behind us, look at him expectantly. I'm going to lean over to Rory and say, five bucks, the dude's dead. Uh, you're on. Hello. Morning. Morning. You guys look like you're new in town. We are. We're here with FEMA. Awesome. Well, welcome to Idaho's most friendliest town. We are Bonner's Ferry. We are a nice, quiet community here that's currently snowed and iced in. We're glad to have you. Well, we're glad to be able to help as much as we can. Um, do, uh, do you know if uh, Skip's come back? We're here and he's out sick. Uh, that's what I heard. 
All right. Would you... Uh, oh. He has access to the Power Grid Monitor program. And uh, with that, you know, that could prove to be a, a, a good starting point. Um, oh, man. Do you want us to go knock on his door? See if, see if we can get the password off him or something? Yeah, yeah, that could work. Look, I need... I need to find out what buildings have heat in them and what, what buildings don't, and that program will tell me. Um, we encountered something the other day, and I think that this could work. Um, what did you encounter? A, a, a man was uh, found dead in one of the buildings, the residents that still had heat, and so trying to find out what other... Uh, you know, what other places uh, might have heat. I think he might have been homeless. I don't have any idea on him, but, um, you know. Someone froze to death in a building that had heat? He, he didn't freeze to death. What was the cause of death? Uh, I, I really shouldn't talk about it. I mean, you guys are here for FEMA, so you guys should be taking care of the FEMA thing, so. Fair enough. I'm not saying that the exposure didn't help, but, you know, he didn't. There were some, some, yeah. There's some other things Humans. Going on. Humans. Do you need to? I want to see what vibe of what type of uncomfortability does he have. Okay. Is he uncomfortable because it was gruesome? Is it uncomfortable because it's embarrassing? Is it something he's hiding? God damn it. I got a 44 out of 12. You think it might be because he's hiding something about his relationship with this guy. Okay. I'm going to look at the sheriff and say very seriously, sir, I, I know that some things may be uncomfortable to talk about, but we are all adults here and any piece of information might be useful. And he looks around and he looks around not looking to see if other people are there. It's like he's buying time or trying to think of, of something to say. So he had mittens on. His shirt was ripped. His jeans were ripped. He was wearing one shoe. And he had this weird mark on him. Like this weird bruise. Now, the good thing is that the morgue doesn't have electricity. And he's in the morgue, but it's nice and cold. So he's on ice. My boss doesn't want me looking into some homeless guy that died of exposure. I don't think he died of exposure. But... I don't want him to, I don't want him to, you know, not go unfounded, you know? Somebody dies, that's somebody's son, right? That could be somebody's dad or somebody's brother. You know, he might have family that needs to know, but I just don't have the, I don't have the, the resources I need to get to the bottom of this. I lean over to Rory and whisper, or somebody's lover. I'll just give him a weird look, like, what are you talking about? I won't say that, but I'll... The eyebrows, seriously, like, come on. You you know what I'm talking about here. I'll just kind of shake my head and look back at the cop. What kind of a bruise? You mentioned it very specifically. It It's... He had a couple of them. It's like a circular bruise, and there's a couple points, like pinprick points, but they go pretty deep. And when you push on them, it kind of like... This, like, mustard orange shit comes out. Rooster's face goes white. You okay, Rooster? Just to quietly, just a Rooster. No. So, like, it's like he got stung by something? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right, right? It's like somebody hit him with, with, you know, uh, any guys play, like, Dungeons and Dragons? I look at Rowan. 
Rowan says, yeah, pretty much as soon as Rooster is looking at her. She doesn't see the look. She's just like, yeah, I play D&D. It's like he got hit with like a mace or a morning star or a flail or something, right? Because it's small and circular. Or like somebody tased him, but it's not like a taser bruise because a taser bruise goes purple. I've tased quite a few people or cattle prodded people too. But that we don't talk about because I was in my youth and there's statutes of limitations. We don't talk about that, right? And he smiles like in a weak way of trying to make light of things. Hey, it's not like FEMA cares about that sort of thing. I know, right? But there's some sort of orange substance that's coming out of the marks. Yeah. You didn't let any of that touch you, did you? Hell no. All right. Well, that's useful information. And we can stop in at uh, Mr. Mills and see if he can give us the password so that we can try to find other places. I want to find out what... Like, I know where he was found, and I know that some of the places still had heat around him, so I kind of want to go see who, if anybody knew who he was. Where was he found? I say, pulling out a notepad from the breast pocket of my coat. Uh, he was found, actually, in, a, in the mudroom of one of the houses. Which one? He was found over on Oak Street, between Colorado and Oak, eastern side of town over by the river. Okay, I'll jot that down in my notebook after holding the pen in my hand for a moment to warm it up. Is that near where the spill is? Near is relative, and I would say, because everything in this town is kind of near, but yeah, it's the same neighborhood. Yeah, I'll jot that down and then glance over at River kind of meaningfully. He just nods. Where were those bruises? Uh, he had one on his neck and one on his chest. Um, I think he had another one on his, uh, on his abdomen. Yeah, forgive me, man. It's been a... Yeah, no, 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 I know. But this, this, we're going to look into this, so I'm just wondering. How big were they? Oh, like, like, say, yay big. And he makes a circle with his, with his hand, maybe like two, two and a half inches, three inches in uh, diameter. All right. Yeah, we'll look into that. Yeah, if we uh, need to get into the uh, morgue, can we give them your name and say you uh, talked to us about it? Hey, ain't nobody at the morgue. It's closed down. I got the keys. Well... Can we have your phone number in case we need to get in touch with you then? We're rolling dice if we're trying to catch the phones. The towers work maybe 50% of the time. But yeah, pulls out a card, writes his number down on the back of a card, and hands it to you. And I'll look at the name on that card. Eli Filigree. Is it Deputy? It's Deputy Eli Filigree. Well, thank you for talking to us, Deputy Filigree. Oh no, thank you. But if you guys could figure out how we can find out what what those are, um, whether you find it here or inside, I would greatly appreciate it. It would help with the investigation so we can get some justice for this poor man. Well, of course. Keeping the good people of your town uh, warm and safe is the first priority. Yep, I appreciate it. Sorry, right. I mean to keep you, keep you guys from doing your thing. And I've been bouncing lightly from one foot to the other just to not be still, trying to stay warm. Well, I'll let you guys let you go on. I'm going to go head off and take care of some things. So thank you. All right. Pleasure meeting you. And as soon as he's gone, I'm going to turn to Rooster. All right. What do you know? Inside. All right. And I'll go back to, to the trailer, open the door. As soon as everyone's in, Brazil. Cappy, I didn't tell you about this. When I was sent to Brazil with Breckenridge, they set me and my team up to be attacked and implanted by some kind of gorilla, dragon, leopard thing that shoved this weird mustard yellow shit down my guy's throats and or killed them. I haven't been on a mission for Breckenridge since. I've been working their gun range, which, I'll be honest, ain't a bad gig, but the, 
they're in to Breckenridge is into something because they set us up so they could test and get that thing released. Now that was in South America. This is not, obviously, because I remember that much from geography, but that's an international Blackwater kind of private military corporation. Their headquarters were in Montana. How much you want to bet? Forget that last bet, because, you know, somebody did die, just different one. How much what? you want... Forget it. How much you want to bet that this is something related? Because Breckenridge is seeming... And Benthic showed up last time. All of this is way too close. Yeah, I mean, Montana's not that far from here. It could be really, but that's seriously messed up. Yeah. So what you're saying is we're beyond the dinks and onto the conspiracies. What I'm saying is this is a very small red string board to connect the dots. I mean, I'm going to pick at that red string for a second. When you were dealing with the thing in Brazil, did it make those kinds of bruises that you observed? You said that it shoved the orangey stuff down people's throats, right? Or just killed them outright? Did they make that kind of thing, or is it the mustard yellow that reminded me? It was the mustard yellow thing that reminded you, but it's a lead to string on to play a chord on. I didn't see that, but I, I got, we need to see this body because my guys got slashed up. Something looked like it, you know, was a pile driver to someone's jaw or mouth. I didn't see how it got implanted because something came out of its throat. It could have had the bruise in there, but we need to see this thing, and we need to have some ammunition. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you happen to find out what happens when those things get hit in the head with a uh, fast-moving projectile? Head? No. The big one kept running. I know I hit it a couple times with a sidearm, but the one that was the thing that came crawling out of my guy... One bullet did the trick for that. I say specifically leaving certain details out. Well, our best bet for getting ammunition without also getting a lot of questions is going to be the green box. I don't know. Might be Deputy Filigree. I think that we use what we know is possible there and then start pulling on a string to possibly induct a new friendship. Well, yeah. Yeah, we... Big question is what's in that green box? And that's what we need to go find out. So I think that we're going to have to move pretty quickly because we need to get to the green box and find out what we can find out there. But then we also need to get to the morgue because if something is growing inside of that man, we might want to deal with that sooner rather than later. Not fond of things growing in people in morgues. I'm also now very curious and checking on our friend Skip just to see if, if he is alive and if not, if it's a similar situation. And our last lead is we've got some kind of chemical spill down by the river, really close to where that guy was found. But I think you're right, I think green box first, and see if we can get ourselves prepped to go to the morgue. Oh, look, I'm not, I don't, you know me by now, I'm not, there's times when I'm joking and making shit up, there's times when I'm worried. This is a worried time, I'm not certain, but I don't like it. I have never seen you this pale. I know you're not fucking around, so let's deal with this. I sure as hell hope I'm wrong. Let's put it that way. 
I'd prefer it if you were, because something that doesn't respond to being shot is not something I like dealing with. I hit it. I don't know how much, how bad. It could have just been a graze. Who knows? That thing was fast. And I'd really rather not see it again. It's never as simple as they say it is, is there? Never. Never, 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 never. Let's go talk to Captain Richard and see if we can't get those uh, ATVs that he commandeered. Yeah, you get your duffel, right? Yeah, I've got I collected everything in one bag so I can hand it out once once we need it. Yeah, because people are going to ask questions if we start walking around with an arsenal here. Yeah, I got the bag. All right, is there anything else that we need to discuss? No, I think we just need to get those ATVs and then head out to the green box. And it feels like it feels like there's a ticking clock. So I think we need to handle things as quickly as we can. Isn't there always? Yeah, but this one feels more imminent. We usually take our time to really dig into things. I don't think we have that luxury. I kind of look up at the sky, look around. Can I see anything like obvious storm fronts? Um, It's a gray sky. It looks like you guys are going to get rained on or sleeted on or snowed on. And they're kind of low. What time is it right now? I'll look at my watch. We'll say it's about 730 o'clock. That's going to move on. So you guys head back to the motor pool. You see a bunch of the National Guardsmen moving moving some things. A Humvee slides its way sideways into a parking spot. It wasn't traveling sideways originally, but ice will doesn't matter how many four wheels that you have and what kind of uh, change you have. Ice will put you where it wants you to go. But it slowly stopped, and everybody was like, ooh. And it kind of almost made the crew kind of cheer a little bit when it came to a stop. People were like, yeah, we're okay, we're safe. The driver pops out, she brushes off her shoulders. I meant to do that. Sure thing, kitty cat. And Captain Richard is coming out. His eyes are wide, and as you're walking by, that would have been some shit if that hit the building. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, hi. You guys get set up in a, in a spot? Yeah, it looks like we're all squared away, ready to, ready to start investigating and having a look around to see what uh, what we can do to help around right. here. So I got the two quads available for you, the two ATVs. One of them's got a trailer, points over. Uh, if you need to take any supplies with you or bring any supplies back, go ahead and use the trailer. Chow, I hear, is going to be at, you know, 1,200 hours at noon, and uh, apparently they've got a really good uh, Italian place that's bringing the lasagna, so. Yeah, that's, that, that's what Tanya was saying. Some fellow named Alessandro is uh, making good food. Oh, that's his name? Like Decantery or something. Like, that's the name of his restaurant. Huh, good name. If it's Italian, I think that would be Decantori. Decantori, uh... Isn't that what you put whiskey in? No, man, that's a decanter. No, that's a place in Missouri. Oh, right. Right. Quads. Hamstrings. The keys are in the ignition, and uh, you guys can head out, be safe. Okay, out of character, what's a rooster's drive skill? 43. Okay. Sorry, 42. Mine's 50. I'm just the base 20. Which means which means I'm taking the one with the trailer, because mm-hmm. I feel like that one's going to be harder to mm-hmm. maneuver. <laughs> Especially if we have to back up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll head over to the quads, and I'll kind of look at it and be like, oh, I haven't driven one of these in a bit, but I think I remember the basics. Sit on it, bounce a couple times, turn the ignition. Who's, who's riding with who? Well, I'm driving one, and I believe Rooster's driving the other, so mm-hmm. who's with me, who's with Rooster? I'll go with Rowan. All right. Both you two, give me a drive roll as you guys venture out into the treacherous ice and snow. Please don't roll a botch. That would be bad. That would suck. Fortunately, I rolled a 32 out of 50. I rolled a 34. 
four out of 42. Excellent. Whew, right under that wire there, buddy. It looked like an eight for a second. I was very scared. So you guys make it to Earl's Rena space, and there is a razor wire fence around the entire place. But you do notice that there is a large limb from a from a tree that smashed part of the chain link fence around one of the corners and la- knocked it flat. Is it flat enough to drive over, or do we not want to do that with the razor wire for you the tires? You do not want to do that because of the razor wire. You have to park out here and kind of cross over that way. doesn't require any kind of roll or check. It's just a little treacherous. Maybe luck if you guys are running. Nah, not yet. Can I take a look at the tree branch? There's a tree that knocked down part of the fence that allow you access into this storage unit yard. And you do see that there is a large tree, a very large branch that's sitting on top of one of the building units as well. Is it 0171? When you climb over and go check, you might be able to double check that one. I'll go take a look because we need to go to 0171 and I'm wondering if that's where the tree branch looks to be. Yep. It looks like it smashed the back. The front is still locked with a padlock, but it looks like there is, as you go around the back, you see that it is exposed and you can see inside there's there's snow and there's ice on top of it and it's been open to exposure. That would be the alarm. Are there any footprints around there? Yes, there are. There are, and then there is, near the corner, there is also a large pile of what looks to be someone sick or vomit that's been frozen. What color is the vomit, out of curiosity? Yeah, I'm going to go actually take a pretty a close look at it. Go ahead and give me a medicine roll there, Rory. Yeah. And I'll, I'll like, look through the back of the, of the, the box. 98. Excellent. So I get to check medicine. I have a 73, and I, yeah. Well, it won't be cool. 73 for long. It's frozen. It's nasty. It's kind of looks like it would be normal. Nothing out of the ordinary other than the fact that somebody kind of puked. There, there are some signs or concerns in there that might be, uh, you know, foreign objects or internal bleeding. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get a good look at it. It's Since it's frozen, it's been exposed for a while, but it looks, doesn't seem out of the ordinary. Just like maybe someone was sick. Like Skip, perhaps. Could be. All right, I'm going to stay outside of the box, but pull out a flashlight that I kept next to my skin so that the batteries didn't freeze and shine it inside. Um, You see a jumbled heap of boxes and plastic evidence bags. You see there's a bunch of totes, plastic totes here. Some of them have been smashed. There's yellow file boxes. There's banker's boxes that are crushed. Then there's the things that are underneath the tree. Before we go in, you said we saw footprints. Were they going in? Were they coming out? Or were they doing both? Both. And it looked like one person's footprints or multiple? Here, there's sets. one person. You see that there looks like somebody else has gone in elsewhere and checked out a few of the things. In this box? No. Okay. Other other units. All right. We're probably going to need to get that tree off as best, best we can. How big is the tree? It's about 14 foot long, pretty thick, so it's going to be heavy, and it's also coated in ice. Hmm. Delightful. Is it something, like, if we get up on top, we can roll it off? Sure. I know. The next question is, how are we going to get up on top? Oh, no, you can climb up on top, because it's been crushed in because it fell. So, yeah, you can you can climb up on top. Remember, it's covered in ice. Does it look like we can get in there without moving the tree? Yes. Let's do that instead. But there's stuff under the tree. Let's see what we can find first. Meanwhile, you give me some light, and I'm going to reach in under my coat and pull out my knife. Let me take point on this one. 
All right. And I'll bring the flashlight up as if I was putting it under my pistol without my pistol there. Kind of almost a defensive gesture as I shine it through. And I am going to unhappily start working my way in. So you climb in and you step on large trash bag that gives way a little bit. You're able to to hop into the, the storage unit. It's not a very large storage unit. Yours is palatial in comparison to this one. But it looks like things in here have been shattered. There's some stuff that's been exposed to the, the elements. The plastic jugs are... You go to move one just barely because you touched it. And because of the cold, the handle cracks and snaps. But overall, it looks safe for other people to come in. Yeah. What are you looking for? Anything jumping out to, like, eat me. You do not find anything jumping out to eat you. You do not get the feeling that anything's going to jump out at you at eat you at the moment. I think we're good. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm looking for, but I can start handing stuff out. I don't know if, how we're going to figure out what was in here that isn't anymore. Well, probably the first step is going to be looking for ammunition. I will start looking around for ammunition, specifically things that'll fit shotgun, hunting rifle, sidearms, as well as if I can find, like, machetes or lumber axes or anything like that that might help with fallen trees, etc. And or gorilla leopards. You do see that there is one ammo container, and it says Exorcisto on the outside, or Exorcito. Can I go in there with him? Sure. There's something I don't think this is regular ammo. Anyone speak what, Romanian? Do I have a phone signal? Give me a luck roll. 30. Yeah, you do have a little bit of a signal here. I'm gonna Google Exorcito. It's army in Portuguese. Hmm. That is not where I thought that was going. Me neither. They speak Portuguese in Brazil. Yeah. Oh, no, I know that. I figured maybe it was like exorcism or something. This box has seen better days. As you look at it, it looks as though it's been crushed out, but the lid is on. I'll just tell Reister, oh, it looks like that's the Portuguese army. The Portuguese army, as in from Portugal? Let's well, really speak Portuguese. They also speak Portuguese in Brazil. That's true. Interesting history behind that. I mean, River will go on about the uh, whole historical thing. Yeah. Um, is this easy to open? Like, does the latch work? It takes a moment because it's been almost, like, crunched. The latch is, it, it is unlatched, but it does pop open. Inside, you see there's thousands of tiny scratch marks in the metal. There's no ammunition. I close it immediately. Okay. It's empty. I don't care. Okay. This box got uh, smashed. No, it's pushed out. Something got out. But the lid was closed. Like the sides, though, are distorted and bent out. Is it ruptured? No, but it was not latched. <sighs> oh, that's not a good noise. Once he said Portuguese, I'm guessing I would recognize that the Brazilian army is called Exorcito from my time there. A little bit, right. yeah, we'll let you go with that. Okay. This is an ammo crate from the Brazilian army. There are millions of tiny little scratch marks in here. Not ammunition. It's been pushed outwards. It was unlatched. Something got out of it. Something from Brazil. A gorilla leopard wouldn't fit in that. No, but... Reckon Reg was working on stuff there. And it was implanting things. I'm not gonna 
say I know the life cycle and how small they start. Uh, yeah, so we've got a problem. Joy. So it sounds like putting the pieces together. I'm, I'm no river with our with the Sherlock scan over here, but it sounds to me like Skip came out here to check on the box after the storm, after the worst of the storm, saw that this thing had been crunched, and you said it was unlatched? It wasn't crunched. It, it was smashy. No, the box has been pushed out. Not the green box, this ammo crate, was pushed outwards. Are, are there holes that something might have gotten out of along the side, or did someone see that it got smashed and then unlatched it and opened it to make sure that something was safe? I think he saw that it was pushed outwards, got worried, opened it up, and... Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I think happened, which means that's our thing that has escaped. Let's see. Let's do a quick search to see if we can find any ammo, because I feel like we're going to need it, but we need to get over to Mr. Mills' house now. There's no ammo here. Son of a bitch. There's lots of other stuff here, though. I want to do search for an inventory or something like that. No. What what else can we find weapon-wise? I was hoping for, like, hatchets or axes or machetes that might look like they'd be helpful. They're not in this box. They're not in this green box. This green box does not have any type of warfare items in it. So this green box is to store things, specifically, not to be a go-bag for people like us. What else is in there? Anything... There's four totes, there's three large black bags, there is a body bag, but the body bag doesn't have somebody in it, or something in it, but it has what feels like somebody like shoved something in a body bag, like items. You're not entirely sure, but it doesn't feel like it's there's no body inside. <laughs> That's all I can kind of say. There's a violin case, there's a couple metal, metal boxes, there's a backpack. You said something about a file yes. cabinet. Are there any files from the previous cell, like case files or anything? It's currently locked, and right now you do not have the uh, finger dexterity to open it. Is there a crowbar? No, but you could possibly take it back to where you have fingers to open up. Unload this thing, take it back to the trailer. and While they're all looking around inside, I want to, as soon as Rooster said something got out of this box, I want to see if there's any non-human footprints. No. There's only human footprint. Well, I take that back. Go ahead and give me a search roll. 23, which is a success. You see a small, what looks like might be a cat or a small dog or a fox, but that's it. So yeah, there is a file cabinet. You know, you could try to maybe heave the file cabinet up and out. If it's been frozen, does that mean we can just break it with the back of my knife or something? The metal one? No, you're probably going to dent your knife. I don't know how important this this is, but this seems like it was a repository for storing weird things. There isn't anything that I would consider useful to a team like there are in most of the green boxes that we've encountered, which is to say two. But the fact that the third one is weird is odd to me, and I want to know if there's something in the file cabinet. There's something that DHS guy mentioned, something about a network of green box administrators, or I forget his exact words. Uh, have any of you heard about anything like that? I mean, I'm not the one who runs the green box, I say, looking at Rooster. Nothing like that. The only thing is, I didn't think about it too much. I got an email earlier today that said, it sounded like it said, green box 224 gone quiet, and it said, Packers Unite. I figured that was just code 224. That's that's this green box. Yeah. I mean, at the numbers here is unit 0171, 
On the inside of the closed door, you actually see spray-painted 224. No, yeah, he told us that this was Green Box 224 back in Oakland. Because I wrote it down when we were in that meeting. Packers unite, though. I don't know. I figured it was a sports reference or something to make it seem not... What's the word? Not ubiquitous. Innocuous. Innocuous, that's it. Is it an email that you can reply to? Hey, Handler, is it an email I can reply to? Yes. Yes, but I'm not sure how much signal I have, and I don't think I can type very well right now. No, not at this moment, but it might be worthwhile to respond to that email and indicate that you are on site for Greenbox 224 and see what information you can get. All right, maybe when we get back to the office, but next stop... I mean, if you want us to take the file cabinet, we can do that. It'll be pain in the ass, but I think we can get it out. This cell went defunct eight years ago. That's more recent than any other cell that's gone defunct that we've come in contact with. I think anything that we want to secure, we need to get out of here. Because we were able to get in without a key. If we're here to secure this green box, we need to take anything that don't want someone to find and get it out. I think pretty much everything, if we can. We have a trailer. We can take everything, strap it down, load it up. It's going to be really tight in that office, but it's probably worth it. How far is the opening to this storage space from the trailer? Maybe 100 yards. You know what the cool part is, though? It's ice. You can put most of the stuff on the ice. And yeah, push. you said they had totes, right? Yes. If you say push and a squeeze and a squish, squish, squish... I am throwing up over there on that pile of throw up. Oh, the leaf and the stick and the push, push, push. <laughs> Does he actually throw up? No. <laughs> or is he just fucking with her? No, he looks at her and goes. <laughs> Point that direction. And then he just goes. Ugh. I have nibblings. Throw up does not worry me at all. No, not that. I'm thinking about who the strong one is amongst us and how much of a pain in the ass it is to do shit like this on ice. And I will start unloading the green box. And honestly, if he, if he like lifts things out of the green box and puts them onto the ice, we really can, we really should be able to like curl them uh, across the ice, especially with the wind blowing. Yes. Basically like set up a, a, a line to push the, yeah, an assembly line to, to, to push the boxes from one person to the next and the last person puts them on the trailer. Or we'll get all the way in... Actually, Rory will be at the very end by the trailer, because he's probably the second strongest. Uh, what's your strength score, Rooster? 75. Okay, mine's 70, so I'll go the back end. I'll lift everything into the trailer, and you can lift it out of the box. And There we go. Our two strong boys. Strong like bull. It takes about an hour and a half to clear out everything. It does take some time. But through some diligent work, you're able to get everything onto the cart and get it strapped down. You've cleaned out the green box. The items that are underneath the tree, you're able to actually wiggle out and pull out. They did not seem to be damaged by the tree. It seems like when the tree hit, everything kind of squished forward. Squish, squish. I was waiting for it. But you're able to get everything all all packed down, and it's precarious driving back with the trailer. Which is why I'm doing the driving. So are you guys going back, or are you guys going to go check out something else? What time is it? It's about 10 a.m. I think we need to get this secured because I don't want to leave it sitting on a trailer outside of anyone's house. So splitting up or someone staying outside the house with the stuff. I think we should drive it back to the office, get it secured. And by then it'll probably be almost time for lunch. Ooh, lasagna. 
I mean, proper Italian lasagna is not to be sneered at. Yeah, I don't, I'm not missing that. No, I agree. I think that we get everything back to the office, load it in, lock the door if we can. Actually, that's a good question. Were we given a key to the place? No, it's not locked at the moment, but you can request a key from Miss Cambria. Under the guise of, you know, we have sensitive FEMA stuff that people shouldn't be able to walk in and take. We should be able to do that, but... The other thing I'd like to request is those hatchets or axes, because we can say, you know, with all these fallen trees, crowbar, anything we can get that could be legitimately useful and be legitimately useful in other ways. All right, so give me a drive roll as you guys drive back to the the office. Fifty-nine of forty-two. Ooh, twenty-four out of fifty. We did the probably the same drivers or driving arrangements. So you didn't botch, so that means you didn't roll it and nobody got hurt. But it starts to slide and goes off-road for a bit, and it takes you guys a little bit longer than you plan to get back to the the place. And I'm calling to Rooster. Tap the brake. Don't yank on it. Tap it. You'll slide further if you if you if you're squealing the brake. I did tap the fucking thing, and I did steer into the slide and it turn in the fucking ice and I'm sweaty from lifting it and it's freezing on my face and all like snow. So you make it back to the office. Moving the things into the office itself doesn't take a whole lot of time. A couple guardsmen come by like, hey, need some help lifting? Yep. Sure, thank you. All right. And they help you carry the things into the office and uh, give you a wave as soon as they get done and they head off. Tanya comes by, and she has a hotel heater pan, you know, knocks on the door. I've got food for you. Oh, you are a wonderful person. Come in. And she puts down half the half a hotel pan of lasagna. Is there anything else that I can get you guys? Caffeine. Okay. I've, I have some Coca-Colas. You got anything stronger? Whiskey? I mean, Coca-Cola's good, but yeah, that too. That's good. Mm. Helps keep you warm. It does not. It makes you feel like you're warm, and that's exactly. worse. No, I'm actually good with without that. I, I meant, I know it's probably frozen, but I guess coffee will have to do. He's got that teapot thing over there and some teas. I don't have a lot of coffee going on right now. I do have somebody that made a run out to Red Rooster. Red, I'm sorry, to what? Red Rooster? It's a coffee shop down the way. Oh. How about that? I look at them. One thing that we did uh, need is, do you happen to have a key for the trailer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just got some stuff. We don't want some anyone to just walk in. Yeah, she reaches in. She she undoes a key on her key ring and puts it there. Here's my key. Perfect. We appreciate it. Well, have a good day, guys. You too. Thank you for being here. Sure thing. And once she's gone, I'm gonna I'm gonna go investigate the tea because I I am a coffee person through and through. But I know enough about tea to be like, there's something in here that has good caffeine. There's quite a few. He's got a bunch of grays in there. Ooh, Earl Grey, hot. Okay. Who's he? What? Well, yeah, hot. It's cold out there. Have you not watched any classic television? It's a Star Trek reference. I say filling the pot and then turning it on. I don't remember Spock drinking tea. That was the the following. That was the next generation. No, Spock was the original. Correct. Picard was the one who drank Earl Grey. Wasn't that in the 90s? 80s. It was. That is not classic. I don't care what the radio says. 80s and 90s (laughs) rock is not classic. There has been like six other series of Star Trek, so yes, it's classic. It's the second of of the originals. Yeah, I, I was I've in... always wanted to get into Star Trek, but I'm more of a Doctor Who person, I think. Yeah, that's that, that's fair. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey and shit. Yeah, I was in in the Middle East for most of those. I watch a lot of nerd television. I didn't get much television. Rooster, you're looking at those items, and there's something nagging at the back of your head that you need to inventory this. 
yeah, I was waiting to see if I could find caffeine before I started doing that. Yeah, make me something, whatever, Star Trekky, caffeinated, good, whatever. I- I'm gonna see if I can find gunpowder green tea in there. Give me a luck roll. 23. You do find it, and it's from a company called Adiago Teas. Adiago Teas is a special tea company, and someone has been so gracious to make the redacted report flavors, so please go check them out, support them, and support us by getting our names out there. Adagio, and I may well mention that the rooster-based tea is, in fact, gunpowder green, which is why I thought of it. So knowing that having many hands make light work, employing the others here to help inventory and review the items of this green box, because something might be useful, something might not be, but at least you'll know, because it's going to have to go into another green box sooner or later and keeping track of stuff. And I'm already making mental and physical notes that I want to start splitting things up into multiple green boxes in Vallejo and putting in alarm systems of some sort. So who is going to dive into the first item? Me. I'll help with that. Roll 1d10 for me. Who? Brewster. Eight. And go ahead, Rowan. Okay. Two. Brewster, you find a neat metal cylinder that's got like a hand-cranked rotary printing press. What? And Rowan... You open up a tote that has dot matrix paper that's 40 inches thick. On the very first page, it says, Caucasian male, glove size large, 23 centimeters, unkept nails, bite marks on the thumb, wedding band tan line with no rings for three years and two months previous, black hair on knuckles, scar on left metacarpal from carving accident in woodshop, fall semester 1994. Okay, I'm gonna like lift up the edge of the dot matrix paper and carefully like flip through it to see, just to try and get what what other kinds of things are on the paper. I don't want to separate the pages, but start flipping through a little. Caucasian female, glove size small, medium, 18 centimeters, nails kept, bite mark, and you look at it and it's your hand, and it has your name on the bottom. I go white. The G-Man paces behind the desk, between you, Rowan, and the mirror. At the mention of the printer files describing hands, he slams both fists on the table. Where is that item? The sudden movement and noise startles me, and I can't help but flinch a little. But the cracks in his composure comfort me, allow me to collect myself. I blink up at him slowly, studying his face in the red light. It's safe. I did not ask the status of the item. I asked its location. I will grant you this failure just once. Special Agent, where is the enumeration of Chiromon? Oh, is that what it's called? Thank you. I've been curious about that since I started flipping through it. I put my coffee cup down and fold my hands on the desk, giving him a bland little smile. I can tell you it's not in Idaho anymore, and it's safe. The rest of that information is redacted. You are dismissed. The G-Man walks to the door, yanking it open. He crosses his arms over his chest as he glares at you, waiting for you to leave. I stand up, putting my glasses on as I walk to the door. Dos corre. I don't wait for him to answer as I step out into the brightly lit hallway, following the startled guard back toward my cell. 
Tipping my head down a little so my hair conceals my face, I allow myself the tiniest of satisfied smiles. I'm getting somewhere with this. Now to see where this red string leads. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 3 is based on the scenario Lover in the Ice by Caleb Stokes. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons. Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Agent Josephine, Kit Thompson, Ben Warner, Danny, and the entity some have called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe.